Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Board Draw Podcast, episode number 75. Um, we're joined today here by a cripple. Can you see it? He's got Daboot. Broken me ankle. Yeah, he's done it. He's done it saving, uh, what is it, 12 orphans from the burning <laughs> building, kicking down the door. Yeah, you had to be there to see it. But um, we are here today to discuss the madness that is the Premier League. The Premier League, Premier League title race in particular. It is and doing what the Premier League it's does. It's doing best. madness. And it's two teams, maybe not so much Arsenal, but you could say it's two teams at the beginning of the season that you wouldn't expect to be battling out for the title. 100%. I mean, I don't think anyone would have uh, seen the, I wouldn't say drastic fall off that Man City have had, but I think the shining season of Aston Villa, the consistent performances of Arsenal, and the ruggedness of a somewhat faltering Liverpool team who seem to manage to get, get there or thereabouts. Yeah, Liverpool's game. an interesting one, but we'll talk about them at the end because I think they're the least exciting of the three. 100%. Who do you want to talk about first, Arsenal or Aston Villa? Let's talk about Arsenal. The team we somewhat expected to be there this season and uh, they're doing just that. They're keeping pace, setting the pace at the minute. Setting sitting, the pace, baby. Sitting at the top of the table. And the theme of Arsenal throughout this season has been they haven't been at their best, but, but they kicking. are doing it. Yeah, A 2-0 result at home to Brighton is something to not be understated. I know Brighton haven't had the season continuing from where they left off. but Yeah, they're a weird one, aren't they, Brighton? Because they're in and around it. I think they're like 8th or ninth. They're getting decent results here, but then some not-so-great results there. But they're, they're still solid under Deserby. They're a hard fixture. And Arsenal versus Brighton... It's a bit of a bogey team for Arsenal. It is, yeah. I think we're four four fixtures against them without a win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, it can't be understated that a 2-0 win, and in my opinion, one of the most dominant games of football I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the shining star in this game was Declan Rice yet again. Hands down, probably being the best midfielder in the Premier League this season. 100%. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying he's making that £100 million price tag looking like an absolute bargain, which is... Maybe one of the highest accolades you can get. Hundred percent. When you've got donuts like Enzo and Saicedo costing hundred million. If you've got a hundred million pound price tag, it, that is heavy. I know that people spend that money willy nilly nowadays, but yeah. it's still heavy. That is ridiculous, and he's doing it week in week out, and often in an understated fashion. To keep a result, a clean sheet against Brighton as well, who are one of the most prolific teams in front of goal. The amount of chances they create. They are indeed. This is the first time in forty nine games that. Zerbi's team haven't had a single shot in target in the first half. And I feel like I don't do enough Arsenal propaganda for an Arsenal fan on this podcast. I don't know about that. Yeah, you might disagree. I feel like I need to do more you propaganda. You to, to use your times better. I but think. I'll let Deserby do the propaganda for me. After the game, Deserby said, Arsenal played much better than us. Deserve. Oh, no, I said Deserve. <laughs> Arsenal played much better than us. Uh, they deserved to win the game. We suffered a lot. I think Arsenal are one of the best. Maybe this season are the best team in the Premier League. And I think that kind of sums it up that Man City, we talk about them, they are the best team in the league, but they're faltering at the moment. They're, their form's a bit inconsistent. Liverpool, I don't think are there, and we'll talk about them in a bit. I think they're a bit overrated. And then the only other teams you can talk about are maybe Spurs, who they're still, have fallen off, but are a good, solid I mean, side. They got a good result on the weekend. Very good they, result. They, on after the a bumbly patch for them. Yeah, I think once they got their full team back, they are in the conversation as one of the best teams in the league. But the thing is, they've already dropped too many points to be considered a title race for me. But Arsenal and Aston Villa, consistent top um, form at the moment. I think Aston Villa, who we'll touch on in a bit, 
only Man City have got more points than them this this calendar year. So they're two strong outfits. And I think for other managers like Deserby to say Arsenal are the best team in the league, you've got to put some respect on the on the gunners. Hundred percent. I mean, let's not forget though, Brighton are a team who topped their group in the Europa League. Yeah. And they're through to the knockouts, which isn't always easy. Um and for me, I think where Brighton have fallen this season is that lack of depth. And they've mm. also introduced new ways of playing. I mean, they lost um, uh, Caicedo, this, yep. um, who was obviously a main pivotal part uh, in their team. And they've they've seen the likes of Tarek Lamptey come back into the squad. Obviously, they've got Ansu Fati in alone, brought in Jao Pedro for a big bit of money. So it's just, they're, slightly, they're operating in a slightly different fashion to how they did in the later Potter years, moving into De Zerbi's uh, early stages. But to get that result, I think, is outrageous. It's a... Uh, a clean domineering performance like you said you took the control away from Brighton which isn't what they're used to you, you from minute one you you stuffed out their flame which is 100% exactly what you wanted to do because if Brighton get a, a goal early on and get a few chances it, it, you'll get them going yeah it got to a stage in the game where we were so dominant but we weren't finishing our chances and it reeked of like a last minute winner from Brighton or a last minute equaliser and we weren't going to get the maximum points from this game but what I like, and I think last season we would have dropped points in this game, be it a goalkeeping error or not being able to take our chances at the top of the pitch. But this season, I think with the inclusion of Declan Rice and Saliba and Gabriel being so unbelievably dominant, I think the best centre-back pairing in the world football at the moment. Even if we don't take our chances at the top of the pitch, the other teams are just getting nothing all the time. Whereas like last season, we'd be dominant, but teams will still get chances. Mm-hmm. We are conceding nothing at the moment. Like I said, Brighton's first half XG zero. I think we are just so dominant all over the pitch, but specifically in the centre with Declan Rice, Gabriel and Saliba. Teams just, they just can't get shots off on goal. They can't. And that's, I think, why teams are coming to us and kind of sitting back and we're struggling to break them down. And it might look like, yes, Arsenal aren't as fluid going forward but I think that is just as a kind of counter to us being so dominant defensively yeah for me I think where Arsenal lacked going forward is that transitional player between the midfield and the forward player I think Odegaard's filling a much different role this season mm. um, and you've lost that sort of box to box of Xhaka yeah where he would he would always be arriving late um, and it, he, he he took up so much space on the pitch and I think when you watch the way that Arsenal have played, their routes forward are much different this season. So the fact that you're still scoring goals, though, and getting the points on the board is everything. The man who's sort of taken Xhaka's place this season had a very rough start. Very, very rough, rough start. start. But now he's got four goals in four successive games for Arsenal, which is... Starting to find some form. And I think he's starting to understand the role that Arteta wants from him. I think at the start, when his form was a bit patchy, he was too high alongside the striker and then at some point it's too deep alongside kind of like Declan Rice but he's now kind of understanding his role a bit more where he needs to be what he doesn't have to do exactly So because I think you watch the early games he's everywhere doing nothing yeah he, he looked like Bambi on ice he, he didn't know where he's meant to be and now he's finding it he's understanding what Declan's going to offer him and allow him to get away with um, which is really important and if you get a player from your midfield, he plays that role, scoring eight to ten goals in a season. That's going to do absolute wonders for you. 100%. He's starting to, yeah, like I said, just kind of understand his role. 
And yeah, he's one of those, he's such a confidence player. And now that the confidence is up, he's been said like, when I get confidence and contributions in front of goal, I enjoy my football a lot more. So yeah, it's one of those players that like, you've just got to kind of stick by him. The you other, will have patches. The other person I want to touch on a lot is Gabriel Jesus. Mm. I think if you take him out of this game and you have probably Eddie up front or maybe you have uh, Havertz playing the nine, it's a very different game. I don't. Th- I think you lack the control in the forward areas. I think your press isn't as good. Yeah, he's one of the and best And also, in the, world, isn't the he? way you unlock defences with Gabriel Jesus, he's, he's a cheat code. He draws so much attention from the yeah, uh, defensive the defensive unit of the other team yeah. that he frees up so much space. And his link-up play, his interplay, like the very technical one-touch round, one See pass how hit. skin uh, dunk on the halfway line. Yeah, he, he strikes fear into the yeah. defenders of any team. He's like a two-man job minimum. Like You can't play like one centre-back, well, Jesus, and the other one mark the space. Both centre-backs have got to be paying attention to Jesus. Cause... Is it nuts to say that maybe Man City would be better with Jesus than Haaland? Or have they got Julian Alvarez to fill that role now? I don't know, mate. One of the things with City is their goals aren't coming from a variety of sources like Arsenal. So, like, where Jesus lacks in goal scoring, you got Saka, you got Martinelli, now you've got Havertz and Odegaard. I don't think City, without De Bruyne, have enough goals around the pitch that they could supplement Jesus' lack of clinicality. Whereas, like, Haaland's, like, four players in Arsenal's worth of goals. So, it's one of those. If they had Jesus instead of Haaland, they'd need more goals elsewhere, which I don't think they have. 100%. I think, for me, we'll, we'll touch on Liverpool a bit later. And I, the game next weekend, is it? Is Liverpool, it Arsenal, the, yeah. What is it? What day is it on? The 20... This sa- Saturday 23rd? or this Sunday? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a massive game. Yeah, that yeah. is that for me. I don't want to say it's the title. It's not a title decider because obviously they've got to play each other again later in the season. But it and is the shape a, of the table, it's an intent marker. That's it to a T. It this sets the precedent. Then, yeah. If you if Liverpool get a result against Arsenal, that's huge. That, ter- that, that throws everything into chaos. It does. It's interesting because I think this one is almost. Uh, I was going to say a bit of a free hit for Liverpool because. Well, it was prior to the Man United game, which we'll touch on. But if... Because Liverpool, Anfield... Arsenal will go to Anfield and get turned over. And so, if Liverpool get anything out of this game, a draw or a win... Is it Anfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a bit of a, a nothing game for them. Whereas Arsenal, this means everything. If they go to Anfield and get a result, they're front runners for the you Premier League for me. You beat City and then you would have taken three points away at Anfield. Which... Exactly. That makes Arsenal front runners for the league. 100%. I think the only thing is, if Liverpool come away with three points, I still don't think that's it. Done, set and buried. Because I can see Liverpool dropping points, stupid points to someone like Bournemouth, yeah. like, like a Sheffield United or Wolves. Whereas Arsenal, they're just consistently getting it over the line. Yeah. Like you have confidence every week. If you put them into your, your acker, they're coming yeah, away yeah. with a win because... They're just that consistent. You go back to their form from the beginning of last season. They hardly lost or drew again. And it sounds stupid and so simple to say, but that is why they're up there. Yeah, 100%. Because, because they don't lose stupid games. Well, exactly that. I think Arteta must have looked at the run in last season where we dropped stupid points at Liverpool, at Southampton, at West Ham. We dropped, stupid... we dropped a lot of stupid points at the end of that season. He must look at that run in and think, 
not a chance are we doing that again. So we've got to build up this momentum about beating every single team, no matter if it's a 1-0, 2-0 like today or if it's like a 4-3 like it was against Luton. And those stupid points dropped came from stupid goals conceded. Exactly. And obviously, over this season, you don't lose Saliba and you've got Declan Rice. Mm. So, And you've also got now January to strengthen to bring in a couple more players to give you that extra depth or maybe that bit of firepower going forward. Yeah, 100%. Which is obviously something they're going to look at in the January market. January is last key. Season, yeah. You weren't super active in January. I think you brought in like Fio And Jorginho. And yeah. Jorginho, which so-so. Yeah. It was, maybe it wasn't the productivity you needed and yeah, people 100%. calling for it. Get that striker in. That was the time Jesus was injured. Exactly. Get that striker in and it never materialised. And I know you want to bring the right kind of players and it's so important that you, you don't just fire out at anyone. But, yeah. Yeah, I think you you're just in a very good position right now. And for me, we'll come to we'll talk about who we think is gonna come away with the Premier League title at the end of the season. But for me, yeah, I mean, I think it's yours to lose. Interesting. Another team who are high flying currently in third place after the um, Liverpool versus Man United result. Aston Villa. They got a hard fought, controversial, drama filled two one win against Brentford. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it who was it? Keen Lewis Potter. Keen Lewis Potter opened scored the score for Brentford. Scored an absolute yeah. quarter of a goal. I like him a lot. And yeah, Brentford are in a weird space at the moment where they've got Mbomo injured, Ivan Tony obviously suspended. Uh, so they're playing Wisser and Keen Lewis Potter. I think Shard is also injured. So they're kind of a bit injury stricken and they've come up against a high-flying Aston Villa. Aston Villa, I didn't even realise their recent form. So they beat Spurs 2-1. And then they went to Man City 1-2-0, absolutely dominated Man City. Mm. Then beat Arsenal 1-0, not a domination in that sense, but a very good result. To beat Spurs, Man City and Arsenal all in that run, hella impressive. And then they come here, 2-1 victory. Um, this game, though, if I... I'm going to be honest, I don't think watching this game makes me think Aston Villa are in it for the long haul title challenge wise and I'll give you a few reasons why but before I get into why I don't think they're title challengers I want to just applaud the job that Unai Emery's doing like I said earlier only Man City in this calendar year have got more points than them that's insane 81 points in 2023 when we're talking about Chelsea having 39 that's embarrassing um since Unai Emery's first Premier League game in charge only Haaland and Salah have got more goal involvements than Ollie Watkins. And I think you're going to continue on to one of the reasons being that they are too reliant on Ollie Watkins in terms of their output going forward. Yes. I think Moussa Diaby's had a bit of a Moussa Diaby and Leon Bailey are like, but none of, them ca- yeah, none of them carry the output that Ollie Watkins does. And there are players on that pitch, I think if they lose them, they're in trouble, like Pau Torres or like um, Douglas, Louise. Douglas Louise, John McGinn, that kind of... But even those guys, I think they've got enough in that position. Like if um, Paul Torres goes out, you've got um, Diego Carlos, you've got Ezri Concer, you've got Tyrone Mings coming back. That'd be fine. If you got if you lose Douglas Luiz or John McGinn, you've got Kamara Tielemans, Zaniolo. Mm-hmm. There's no one in that team that does what Ollie Watkins does. Goals, genuinely every game. You're talking about Arsenal in your hacker. You put Ollie Watkins in your hacker, that's golden. Yeah. I think there is an over-reliance in Ollie Watkins and you see the games where and it's rare now it used to be a bit more often where he'd have a stinker it's rare now but if he has a stinker Aston Villa don't get a result I think it's testament to how much work Emery's put in yeah. with him 
I think so good. even when he was at Brentford, people know he was just dangerous all the time going mm. forward. Uh, constantly offside. Constantly offside. Offside machine. Mm. And when the goal score opportunities came, he was just never around. He was in the wrong positions. Yeah. He was too busy running the channels. Yeah. And I think you can go back, you'll find an interview where he said, and Emery said to him, I don't want you running the channels. Mm. I, I want you to be there to finish the chances. Yeah. When you do that and you've got the ability like Ollie Watkins, you've got the attributes, the speed, he's strong on the ball, he's technically good. If you, That's a defender's nightmare. We spoke yeah, about yeah. Gabriel Jesus. Two defenders are going to have to pick him up because he is trouble. Yeah, they're he very similar, but probably Ollie Watkins is better in front of goal. And then Jesus is probably technically a bit better. But Just, they're both, yeah, like you said, two-man handfuls. Keeping on Ollie Watkins for a minute, come the start of the Euros, does he have to be in a starting position for England? Harry's doing madness. I know he is, but can you afford you to leave someone up? He scored mm. 22 goals this calendar year, yeah? Yeah. And then say he's, we've got another 20 games nearly to go and he gets another 15, got 10, 15 goals. You're spitting. He's got to be, he's got to, why, anyone on the left-hand side, oh. I know it's not his ideal position. No. But you can't afford to have someone in that form. 100%. Losing those guys. And Gareth's not the guy, but we've got to make him do kind of like a 4 1 2 1 2 diamond with Harry and Ollie Watkins up top with Jude just behind. That'd be disgusting. Yeah, I'm going to book in a then team what do you do with, with Saka? Gareth. Yeah. Jesus, there's problems. But but yeah, for me, the question will be with Aston Villa is can they keep it up? But you look at the consistency from the beginning of last season, they've they've had their hard run. Yeah, exactly. That run that I was talking about is fucked. The, this that was hard. was a difficult game because Brentford set up to be difficult to beat. Yep. Brentford would have been happy with a point coming into this. Yep. Um, but they've got it over the line again. Yeah, like you said, their hard run is done now. They got. I was looking at their fixtures. They've got a nice little run now where they've got Sheffield United. They've got a few um, teams lower down the lower down the league. So I think Sheffield United and then who they got? Score up, you see, you've got Martin as you got Yeah, but he doesn't. Uh, um, but yeah, easy, decent run coming up. But I think one thing for me and Aston Villa is this kind of it's January I'm worried about them being kind of pulled apart pulled apart I know Ollie Watkins is just signing a new deal so I can't see anyone but like why why doesn't Man United come in for him or if why you, if someone drops 80 80 mil why don't million, Spurs come in for him it, it could be because he is big six material you would have said the same thing about Grealish I know Grealish was destined to leave at the end of his uh, at the end of that season mm. but it can happen we, we've seen it happen 80 million comes in they could reinvest that 100% so this, this, let's not forget this I know they're a massive club but can they can clubs like this afford to turn down 80 million if you get rid of that and you can go find someone for 50 million who can score 80% of the goals that Ollie Walker. Yeah, you're spitting. Being, you're doing... Douglas Louise, I think um, Aston Villa slapped a 100 mil price tag on his head and apparently in the media, Arsenal and Man City aren't put off by the 100 million and they might go in for Douglas Louise. I like Douglas Louise, but he is not a 100 million. He's not a 100 million pound player. Mate, but... Honestly, yeah. Chelsea can go fuck themselves. <laughs> they threw in the market. The again, yeah, market. Yeah, again. And but they've like, done nothing with yeah, it. Yeah, Aston Villa can't say no to 100 million for Douglas Louise. Ezra Concert, you suggested him for Man United. I think that's a good deal. There's a lot of players in that Aston Villa team that I think if... And I think they are onto a good thing. They're a Europa League at the moment. They're looking like they're minimum going to get Champions League next year. Maybe the players won't leave. They like the Emery project. I'm not being funny yet, but if they can keep Watkins, which I think they will. Yeah. And they can keep one of Louise or Consa or McGinn. I can't see McGinn actually leaving. 
But if they keep one of uh, Louise and Conte, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good players there that teams should be looking at. But maybe the Aston Villa project right now is too enticing. Another team top their uh, European group. Exactly. Through to the knockout stages. So, yeah, for me, I, I, the market is there for someone like Ollie Watkins to move to a Chelsea, a Man United, Chelsea, yeah. uh, even a Spurs. But I think that new deal says it all. Yeah, I, it's a statement of intent from Villa to keep their best players. And I think it could go one of two ways for Villa. They are in a lot of competitions. They're going the distance in Europe. So could that kind of take a toll on their title challenge? 100%. 100%. I think we've seen we've seen it with Newcastle already. Mm. But they've got the fattest injury list I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, if they get hit with injuries at Aston Villa, it could be... Newcastle had... had half those injuries mm. and hadn't lost to Nardi, I think they the would have been yeah. in the Champions League knockout rounds. Yeah, 100%. And I'd still, I think they'd be the right play. up sniffing Liverpool's butt crack. Yeah, mad. And that's, you don't want to be there. But a good thing for Aston Villa that I saw in this game is that they got Jacob Ramsey back and Alex Moreno back. Two players that I think are vital to Emery's system. Alex Moreno, he brought him in to replace Digne when he first arrived. And I think Alex Straight Moreno... Straight into Garth Crook's team of the week. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, he had Dallow in there as well. Yeah, and he had uh, Cole Palmer at DM, which is mad. But we, I've seen this guy, this guy on TikTok, I can't remember what his name is, but... Trying to predict it. Yeah, trying yeah, to predict yeah. Garth Crook's team of the week. Yeah. <laughs> My it's guy. So funny. I, I, I like it though. I think he knows that he's doing a madness. Yeah, yeah, Um <laughs> Yeah. And then Jacob Ramsey back. I've rate Jacob Ramsey so highly. I think he's such a baller. And such to get him... Option. Yeah, to get him back in the team... I think he created the most chances this game. Happy days for Aston Villa. One thing I do want to touch on is, um, do you see the little kerfuffle at the end where there was a red card and Ollie Watkins was beefing the fan and Martinez and Mope had a little scrap? I think so many issues here. Mope, massive wanker. Emmy Martinez, even bigger wanker. But he's got pedigree. Yeah, you probably I can't mean, chat he, to he, Martinez because he's, he's a World Cup winner. World Cup yeah, winner. so you probably can't chat to him, but I think he is just a massive bell end. And then Kamara at the end, I think he grabbed, I can't remember who it was from Brentford's throw. He got red carded. And then I like the touch from the manager. You can tell Unai Emery and Thomas Frank are classy managers because they came out post-match and were like, and I, as fans, you love a bit of beef, so it's probably like... Mate, that was everything that was missing from that yeah, Liverpool game. It, yeah, literally that. But yeah, the both managers were like, we don't like the kind of head loss in our players. Uh, we don't... We will I talk mean, to our players. If you're, if you're a manager and you're high flying and you're, you, one of your best players gets sent off... It's not ideal. It, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, mate, if you, if you do it and it's a bad tackle... Yeah, that's one thing. But, but just yeah, do, to frostle sent a guy, off or something yeah, like that, that's stupid. In right. like the 95th minute as well, like... I know they're playing Sheffield United next week. Actually, I, I, I don't know who he's suspended for, but yeah, lucky their run of fixtures are quite easy coming up, that they don't need him. because yeah, They're lucky they haven't got uh, many injuries. Yeah, because, exactly. I yeah. mean, you have a few injuries in that midfield area. We saw it with Spurs. Van der Ven got injured. Yeah. Romero lost his head, got like three-game suspension. That's a good point. And then you suddenly, like... Drop some points here and there, apart. and then, yeah, you're... And yeah, like you say, drop you, out of the title you, race. You, you're in a Premier League title race. Two weeks go by and you're straight out of it. Exactly, especially with fixtures coming thick and fast at the moment. Right, talking of title races, I want to hit you with some are they statistics. I don't know how official these are. It's Opta kind of deciding on the spot. So, Opta do this thing as the weeks go on. They kind of give you a percentage. The chance. Percentage chance of each team winning the league. And currently... Obviously, it takes into account... Fixtures coming up, fixture, form. Future, future fixtures, yeah. form. 
They've got a supercomputer. It's all AI, probably. Fuck knows. But, they've but got... we've got bigger ones in here. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to give you Opta's percentages for winning the league. Then I'll give you mine, and then Luke will give you his. And we can, uh, you can discuss in the comments below what your percentages are. So they've currently got Man City as favourites still for the Premier League, even though Man City are in fourth, five points off top of the league. Do you see, actually, before we get on to that, do you see De Bruyne's back? I, I wouldn't dun, love dun, nothing dun, more dun, than De Bruyne's uh, to come back and ruin my life. And <laughs> finish top of the assist charts yeah. and absolutely sweep the rest of the league. And make me sad. He's got like long hair now. It made me sad for calling him washed. <laughs> Man City, they've got top winning the Premier League at 39% chance. And then Arsenal in second with 30% chance of winning the league. And they've got Liverpool quite high, in my opinion, on 24% chance of winning the Premier League. So they think if you were to play out the season four times, Liverpool would win them once. That's mad. That do be what they're saying. That do be statistics. And then they've got Aston Villa on 7%, Spurs on half a percent, and then the rest is kind of just mumbo-jumbo. So... How do you feel about that? Man City, 39%, 30% for Arsenal. So it's Man City kind of here. And then Arsenal and Liverpool kind of in that little inner bit. And then we'll talk about Aston Villa potentially. Aston Villa is a outsider. Heavy outsider. How do you feel about um, that? I think it's the safe bet, isn't it? You can't go wrong with the Super Give me, Give us your... Well... Ros has pulled his percentages <laughs> yeah, out. I've just pulled some percent. I've gone round. I don't want to do any kind of point whatever. I've got Man City and Arsenal. So, like, do you know what I was saying? Man mm-hmm. City and then it was Arsenal and Liverpool. You've my got that gap. My gap to Man City is a lot closer. I've got Man City at 45% mm-hmm. and I've got us at 40%. I think it's us neck and neck with Man City pretty much. And then way down in 10%, I've got Aston Villa, not even Liverpool. I've got Aston Villa with a higher percent chance of winning the Premier League. And then 5%, so close to... Yeah, so we could do a, a duo of Arsenal and Man City. And then a duo outsiders of Liverpool and Aston Villa. So I'm going to go. I haven't, I haven't had a chance. He actually hasn't given me. Thrown this upon me. So I'm going to go Man City. They don't have to have to win 100. I'm going to go Man City. I'm going to go Arsenal. Arsenal favourites. I'm going to go Arsenal at 48%. Oh, he's pulling out a fucking rogue percentage as well. I'm going to go Manchester City at 38%. So you think there's a reasonable gap? You think it is in Arsenal's hands? Because I'd say from my percentage one, I wouldn't say it's in Man City's hands or Arsenal's hands. I'd say that's neck and neck. Opta have got it in Man City's hands still. Yeah, I've switched up, mate. You've I've, got it in Arsenal's oh, mate, 100%. hands. 100%. Watching City this season, I've been so... They look, they look like a top four team. Mad. Okay. I, they, I, City have smashed a couple games yeah, and yep. like they do. They've got, they're bound to do that. But they are not looking... If they don't get what's going on now sorted, yeah. they're in big trouble. They were lucky to come away with three points at Luton. I'll back it. I think they, my percentage were, is probably a little bit skewed by just past trauma. How do you go uh, losing... Uh, sorry, drawing the 95 minutes Crystal Palace? How's Phil Foden giving away free, uh, penalties? Phil nuts. Foden, mate. You're getting put under the cosh. You spent £80 million pounds on a, on a centre-back who's been, done back. nothing. Yeah. Well, we were talking about like Arsenal concede no chances and the best City teams conceded no chances. That Chelsea team under Mourinho conceded, Literally what, 15 like goals, goals all season. in the season? Yeah. To be the best in the league, you've got to concede nothing. And Pep's team, for the first time in, I think, a hot minute, they're conceding chances. Teams are getting at them. I mean, they're going to be there or thereabouts and I, uh, probably the percentage should be a little bit higher and I'm maybe being a little bit 
Arsenal propaganda is there. But and then what do you reckon Aston Villa and Liverpool? Are you, are you even getting them in there? I'm doing Liverpool at a 12% chance and Aston Villa not even at playing. At 2%. Yeah, okay. And everyone else can get in a bin. Okay. I, th- I think we'll Villa. Come, we'll come back to these. You'll have you'll have a you'll have two three games where you pick up like two points or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that could be it. Especially the folks they th- might be thinking right our best chance of getting anything this season Europa Conference that could be naughty to be fair um, which I think they'll probably take but that's also a good chance of them getting the top four I don't know if they'll finish in the top four this season but I think they will although I have been saying that consistency is ridiculous but for me Liverpool are yeah let's talk about Liverpool Liverpool for are for me the outside the dark horse and if anyone's gonna challenge Arsenal and City it's gonna be them that like the firepower they have is unreal and I know this is, is ridiculous to say out off the back of a stinker against Manchester United if they can sort out their DM Botara Endo is not it that was a panic, panic buy yeah. um, if they can go in they can get someone I've said it before someone like Kimmich or there, there are players out there you can go yeah. for they just got to be smart and hopefully going into the January window they've identified two or three that they can get. Even if they get Paulinho. Paulinho, that's a big Douglas shout. Louise. Yeah. Douglas Louise, I was going to say him, yeah. There's going to be competition though. That's the problem. Yeah. Because half the DMs in the league are at Chelsea. And then the rest are at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. And Man United have got Casemiro, Amrabat. And Kobe Manu. And Kobe Manu, who, yeah. who was that. Excellent. But um, but yeah, I think my percentages are skewed, uh, well, Liverpool percentages are skewed by how bad that Liverpool versus Man United game was. It they was will, like, just... The dreariest game of football. I listened to uh, Gary Neville on Com say this was the weirdest atmosphere at Anfield he's ever seen. Yeah, he was, said like it was just not electric at all. And they I just opened the new stand, so there was even more people there than usual, and the atmosphere was worse. Yeah, so bad. I don't. I thought, I thought it looked like the the Anfield was just full of tourists. Yeah, it well, looked like it was like just tourist FC. There was no. There was. Man United Liverpool that Anfield is a tourist FC game. game. Yeah. Arteta spoke about. It. He said, "You go to Anfield, your legs will be pants. shaking." Yeah. Like shit pants, but for me, I don't know. I want to see them have a little bit more fight. They had, they obviously changed their team a lot against that uh, Union Saint Gilloir yeah match. Um, end up losing three two, I think it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. For like, me, Liverpool, I just don't, I don't think they've got that kind of winning mentality that that old Liverpool team. I did. don't know. I think, I think it is there. I think it's just like we said, they're still in a transition period. Their midfield yeah. still needs a lot of work. I think Gravenberg's good. I think Sabozla is excellent. I think they don't know their best front three. Well, that uh, that's why I think they just don't have that kind of winning mentality. I think they're just too many unknowns. They don't know their best team. They don't know their best defense. We're, we're quite big fans of Darwin Nunez on the podcast, but, but, he, but he is he needs to sort himself out because he what's is that? No problem. goals in like five games now. I think it's more than that. I think it's something like that. Yeah, and yeah, he needs to sort himself out because Liverpool. Like Aston Villa, a couple of poor results and they could see themselves out of the out of the title. Well, that's well. that's the thing here. Like, hold on, let me get the table up. But I think so. Arsenal top with thirty nine, and then Tottenham, who are in fifth, are on thirty three. So that's two. That's a two game turnaround there. Like if the top four lose two games on the bounce, they're not yeah. going to happen. But Spurs could be right in there. So that is it's how quite... quick and with all the fixture congestion in December, it does come around. It does. You, you play in the 23rd, you're playing Boxing Day, you're playing New Year's Day. That's three games in the space of a week. And we'll be here to chat shit about it. So for me, I, I think Liverpool's firepower is what we're getting through. And they've got Salah. Yeah, they've got too much firepower Trent's to not be kind of in the conversation. But I think 
just that May United game, they just lacked all over the pitch. Defensively, they were all right because May United didn't pose much, but midfield, they're kind of just dreary. And then going forward, just they were taking shots from everywhere. They're 34 shots. Just so, like, nothing exciting about their kind of build-up play. What, what worries me is Liverpool's inability to beat any team that doesn't play with a high press. Mm. Like, if any team doesn't come at them, then Liverpool very much struggle to unlock. Unless it's a Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, Sabozlai shot from, like, 30 yards out. Yeah, you know I think... I mean? they, don't, they don't get to the byline and get it in quick enough. Because Trent doesn't get to the byline. Simicast does, but... It's not good enough. They haven't got they, the only person in there is going to get his head in it is Darwin Nunez. Yeah, Cody Gakpo's decent in the edge. Diego Jota is actually very decent in the air as well. But so I Arsenal, think, they'll come. They'll come at Liverpool. How do you reckon that game plays out? On I think yeah, that was big game. Sort of where I was going with that was I think that game is going to be far more open. Yeah, we're going to see Arteta's not going to shy down. I don't. I think maybe even to his detriment, he he won't set up and respect Liverpool as much as maybe they should. Yeah, well, that's Man United, apparently, according to Van Dijk, who had, like, the biggest head loss I've ever seen after a game. He said that Man United came there to defend. They came there to get a point. Apparently said to Arnold and Tony, like, we only played a half hour back yeah. to football. Yeah, the head loss from Van Dijk. But I get the kind of premise that Man United set up to defend and... I mean, after getting slapped, was it, like... 7-0 last 7-0 time. 7-0 last so time, yeah. I see. But, like, Arsenal won't do that. Arsenal... Are the informed team in you the Premier to, League? Arsenal will come and control the game. So the it's, biggest, the biggest differential yeah. in between those two teams is that midfield. Rice, Havertz, Odegaard shits all over Liverpool. One. The only, the only player who probably gets into Arsenal's midfield is was like for me. Maybe yeah. And even now, Havertz is finding form, so it'd definitely be a coin toss. But yeah, that's where the game might be won and lost. But we spoke about this so many times on podcast. One of my favourite things. Liverpool, half the time when they're at their best, they just skip the midfield. Their transition goes from left back, right back or centre back straight into that forward line. Yeah. And who Arsenal lined up with? Zinchenko? On yeah, the I think if we that's, line up with Zinchenko, that, it, we could get cooked. That That is the ba- battle where if he gets an early yellow or something, I think that's Because last year, where, what we did so good is we played Tommy Asu out there and he pocketed Salah. You had that like four centre back line up. Tommy Asu's injured. And we don't really have... We could play Kirill there, but it's a big game and a lot to ask from the young lad to pocket Salah. So we probably will start with Zinchenko, especially how good we were last game. But can he pocket Salah that's, for the that, entire night? For me, if I'm Jurgen Klopp, that's the side I'm targeting. And I'm looking to just... Will McAllister be back? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I'm looking to find someone to try and occupy Rice a little bit. Just try and, try and play to that right-hand side. Maybe stick to Bosley on the left side of the midfield and have mm. just a rat. Maybe if it's Harvey Elliott, Curtis yeah. Jones, and I'm just looking for them to just b- bring uh, Declan Rice as far away from that right hand side, uh, sorry, that Zinchenko side, to just. Before we end, him. let's do a little um, combined 11 Arsenal and Liverpool. Let's do it. In goal. Allison. Yeah, has to be. Centre back pairing. Saliba, Gabriel for me. Ah, oh, so no Van Dyke. I was going to be generous I and go I, Saliba Van Dyke. I love Van Dyke. I've been, I've put him and my, I think I, Van Dyke my did. Premier League team of all time. You did, <laughs> did yeah. all time eleven. But at the minute, you can't argue with the statistics. I mean, I'm not going to say no. I'm here for the Arsenal propaganda. I, think, I was going to be unbiased. If and I put was Van Dyke. building a team, it's, I, I would go. Nah, Van fuck Dyke. it. We're doing Gabriel. But Gabriel and right back. So it's Ben White or it's Trent. Trent. It's Trent for me. It's Trent. I, I, especially for me the as well. Yeah. And then left back is Sinchenko or Simicast. If it's fit, Andy Robertson. Yeah, yeah. But no, we're not for doing me, 
I might go Simicast. I don't think he's put a foot wrong, really. I think. I don't, I'm just not a massive fan of Zinchenko. I think, yeah, Zinchenko's an interesting one because there's games where he is just perfect and games where, like this Liverpool one, where he could feasibly get cooked beyond belief. But I'm going to go Zinchenko. Yeah, I'll go Simicast. DM. It's got to be Declan Rice. Declan. And then I think the whole midfield is Arsenal. I think it's Declan Rice, Havertz, and Odegaard. I'd go Declan Rice, Odegaard, and Sabozlai. I really like Sabozlai. I think he's really good. I'll give you Sabozlai. Right wing. I'm going to be controversial and go for Kaya Saka. I'm going Salah. Salah. Mm, you can't argue with that, I you think mean. you can. Did you I mean, watch him against Man? He was so shit. Yeah, but like, it is what it is, mate. He has. I see people tweet, if he doesn't get goals and assists, and I know that's what he's there for. <laughs> if he doesn't get goals and assists, he is like the worst player on the pitch every single time. And, oh yeah, Gabriel Jesus or Darwin Nunez. <laughs> if Gabriel Jesus doesn't get goals and assists, he's the worst player. <laughs> nah, um, but he, if he doesn't, he's like nah, one of the best players anyway. Yeah. Uh, Gabs. Yeah, yeah, every day. And then left wing, it's Louis Diaz or Martinelli. That's a really close one. And I think it's Martinelli. Both of them aren't firing like they did last season. Mate, you know, well, Diaz has been out for like... Since, He's been back for like the, four or five. Yeah, but yeah. since before the World Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a long time. Martinelli's been in and out of the team as well. Um, I think it's got to be Martinelli. I'll go Gabs. I'll, I will go yeah. Gabriel Martinelli. I do like him a lot. But I, I think Luis Diaz is really good. And then manager, just to cheeky, get it cheeky. Got to be Klopp at the minute, mate. It's got to be Arteta at the minute, mate. Champions League, Premier League. That's old old news. That's not at the minute. That's yeah, but Arteta's, Arteta's project is in full force. Yeah. Klopp's had to restart it. He's handed it into the teacher and teacher's gone, right, time for the next one. Bash. Straight well, let us know your percentages on who you think uh, is going to win the title race. Be intrigued to see. Might even bring it up next week on the pod. Um, let us know what you think about Arkham 11 as well. Have you got any yeah. people that should be in there or shouldn't be in there? Just a quick one as well. Tom Lockyer. Hopefully that's all Hope good. You're all good. Never nice to see anything like that happen. Um, but fortunately, it happens at a Premier League game where you've probably got the best, some of the best medics in the world. 100%, yeah. And yeah, it's important that um, we don't sort of let football overtake what yeah, like good, tragedy Yeah, is. good show of like sportsmanship from Bournemouth. Yeah, and, I've seen people yeah. complaining at FPL about them losing Dom Solanke points. Are you mad? Like, honestly, get your head together because that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's always... Uh, a horrible thing to see and yeah rest up but hope you're good best. um but yeah this will be our last podcast uh-huh. prior to christmas so guys if you um enjoy christmas yeah hopefully you enjoy christmas Jeez. enjoy all the festive fixtures coming up i hope you get everything you want it from santa especially if it is those three points um but yeah if you do want to stick around friday we are releasing a special little video regarding some kits so stick around for that um but yeah we'll be here throughout the festive season providing you some beautiful festive content we will follow us on our socials because we tweet all the time we insta all the time so if we're not uploading on youtube we're definitely posting there engage with us man yeah leave some comments down below we're trying to get a little bit more interaction going on in the video so yeah if you leave a comment we'll always reply to you if we get 10 comments on this video rod said he'll break his other foot i will so that's the commitment to the cause. And I'll do wheelchair football. Wheelchair it? football, mate. For New Year video, <laughs> Ross does wheelchair football. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you very much for watching, guys. We've been Board Draw, episode number 75. And have a Merry Christmas. Bow, 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 bow.